From Edge Radio 99.3 FM, this is an edit of The Dice Men Cometh, the podcast. The Dice Men Cometh! G'day everyone, Garth here from The Dice Men Cometh, checking in from the restaurant on the Pacific Explorer before we head out to sea. Now, a little bit of a different intro to the show tonight because I'm not here. Hope Mark and Leon do a good job. But look, this year's been pretty full on. Uh, 31st of December, I was fighting fires along with thousands of other people on the south coast of New South Wales. That put a whole bunch into perspective. It was pretty full on. Now, it made me realise that doing this stuff is fun, but there's a lot of important things that other Australians are doing at this time of year. So make sure you say hi to your loved ones. Make sure you thank people when they're doing a good job. And uh, most of all, all the best for a 2020, which is amazing for yourself, your family and all your board gaming friends. Hopefully I'll see some of you at CanCon, along with Mark, in the not-too-distant future. Bye. Well, thank you very much, Garth. Coming to us directly from, well, it was New South Wales. Yes. Where, as he said, he was getting on a uh, cruise ship with his beloved partner and children to head off for a rest. Yep. After what was supposed to be his holiday, mm-hmm. visiting his uh, parents on the New South Wales south coast down towards the Lake Conjola area. If you've heard that name, that's because that was one of the spots where people were being evacuated onto the beach, being evacuated out of the town, roads completely blocked off, which is where Garth and his family had chosen to go for their holidays. Yes, he did send us uh, some choice footage along with the message that him and his family were all completely good, but it did look like a horrible situation, something that, as Garth said, is facing thousands and thousands, if not millions of Australians at the moment. Yeah. And um, it's not ideal down here at the moment, but as he said, it's the thing that... Australians are very, very good at banding together in times of the need, mm-hmm. and it's good to see that a lot of people have been doing that. Uh, the Dice Men ourselves, we're actually going to try and help out with this situation as well. That's a little bit of a teaser for something we might be doing in the coming weeks, ah. but you never know. But um, we're very much thankful to Garth and to everybody that is listening, and we hope you, no matter where you are in the world, are all happy and safe. Now, uh, that being said... Let's talk about board games, because that's what we're here to do. Absolutely. We are the Dice Men Cometh. I am Leon. I am joined this week by Mark. Mm -hmm. And as I said, Garth is sailing away as we speak. And it is episode 291. Wow. Nearly 300 episodes of doing this uh, on the 9th of January 2020. And now, Marky boy, what are we going to be talking about this evening? Well, tonight, Leon, I've got a... Bit of news. There's been a bit happening in the uh, the board game world, sort of before and after Christmas. A few announcements, and I'll uh, I'll talk about a few of those. But before then, you're going to fill us in yes. on a game that all three of us played. Mm-hmm. You've played it a few times. I think Garth. I don't know if he's taken it with him, but he's played it quite a few times, both with us and with the family. And that is horrifying. Yes, it was a game that was on both Garth and I, top 10 games of last year. And we're now going to talk about it a bit more in depth. And hopefully you enjoy that. We're going to now chuck to a song and we'll be back momentarily. Back soon. Hi, this is Matthew Dunstan and you're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, the best podcast in Australian board gaming. Again, begin again. That was Purity Ring with Begin Again here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. And you are listening to The Dice Men Cometh with Mark and Leon here to talk to you about tabletop games. We certainly are. And before we talk about a specific game that we've been playing recently and being big fans Mm -hmm. of, we ran a little competition recently, didn't we, Marky Boy? We did. We ran an off-air competition just on the um, the the social medias and things like that, yes. Yes, and there were quite a few lucky winners. And I'm going to read out some of those names now. We had... Uh, Don was our big winner. Mm. He won. He won the big old game, and he know he knows what he's getting. And anybody that entered the competition, he, you know what he's getting as well. And it's going to be very, very cool. We've also had winners. All these people, good friends of the show: Richard, Nathan, Norkel, Craig, David, Neil. Not Craig, David. <laughs> but it's Craig Just and listen. slash David, Neil. Uh, Bo, Greg, and also two people that uh, haven't been able to get in touch with yet, Tim Dover and Ken Sprout. So if you lads are listening, please get in touch via some sort of socials because I want your addresses so I can send you out some games. I think it's Sprout. Sprout. 
Ken, I'm going with Sprout. Ken Sprout might be a different guy. We we played uh, we played games with Ken at BorderCon. Actually. We certainly did. I played one game with him the the Saturday when I was hungover beyond all belief. I yes, believe it was. He's a mad footy fan. Yes. No. Good. Good to hear. I'd be more than happy to send him a game once I know his little old address. Now, Leon. Yes. This game, Indeed. as you said, it did feature on both yours and Garth's. Top 10 for the year 2019. Mm-hmm. So the game is Horrified. Now I'm going to read you something that when you open the box of Horrified, which is a very cool picture on the front of it, you open it up, you will then see the back of the board. And there's a little message on the back of the board, something we've been saying for years to many, many developers. If you're going to have a board in your game, might as well do something with the back of it. Yeah. I mean... I know money is an issue, but just put something on the back of it. Even if you want to put the rules on the back of it just for for giggles, why not? But Horrified has gone with this. We feel it would be a little unkind to present this game without just a word of friendly warning. You're about to unfold. Get it? Because it's the the board. Yeah, the board. That's quite clever. Uh, One of the strangest tales ever told. We think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. (laughs) So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance. Well, you've been warned. And that is Horrified, which is designed by Prospero Hall, which is a collaboration group which are responsible for the games such as Jaws, the Choose Your Own Adventure, the two games in that series so far, Disney Villainous, which is a game which we haven't talked about on the show yet, but has received a lot of buzz in the last year or two, Uh, and of course, uh, Bob Ross's Art of Chill game. Which we haven't played, which we haven't played yet, but I'm sure it probably would have been our game of the year if we had a chance to. <laughs> yes. And published by Ravensburger, who have been uh, doing nothing but kicking goals of late, especially with a lot of those games I just mentioned. Yeah, a lot of sort of like licensed properties there. So I'm guessing yeah. Prospero Hall specialise in taking a a known theme, a known world, yep. and putting it onto a game. Yeah. Well, the thing that we need to mention, well, all those games I just said, and especially Horrified. This is a game that is basically a mass market game so yeah. it's like your monopoly your scrabble maybe not here in australia because we don't get a much mass market into our normal everyday shops you mm-hmm. have to go to your friendly local game shops down here but in america in your targets in your kmart yeah. you will find copies of horrified which is why the fact that it is so good and getting so much buzz so much more interesting yeah. uh, so horrified itself it is a cooperative family yet horror survival game <laughs> Wow. I like well I've made that description. That's not on BGG. Oh, okay. I'm sure they would enunciate that better than what I've just yeah. said. Either way, it's a game for one to five players. Uh we believe here in the Dice Man Cometh, it would probably be best with three or four. I've played it at those numbers and it works pretty well. I think five would be fine, but this game plays pretty well under an hour very successfully. Five, you're pushing it a bit, in which yeah, case... Might get a bit crowded. Yeah, and two, you'd probably be fine. But yeah. again, when you get to two, you start looking to the fact that, well, there's a lot of really good actual two-player games out there. Yeah. So I think three or four is probably a sweet spot. Awesome. So in this game, uh, you play as concerned citizen heroes... People like the mayor, the investigator, the explorer, the professor, and the courier, your friendly local courier. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm friendly to mine because I see most of those guys nearly every day. If it's not a board (laughs) game, it's a comic book they're delivering to me. Uh, They all have unique player powers, which, you know, every game under the sun should have. And they're trying to help the town rid itself from... The universal monsters that have invaded. Oh, no, not those universal monsters. Oh, yes. So think of the movie universe that they wanted to start up but failed miserably at with... um, uh, The Mummy? Tom Tom Cruise's The Mummy a few years ago. And then they're going to move on to The Wolfman and several other things. Basically, all those B-movie tropes for for horror. From back in the... Even things like the... Not necessarily the 30s, but the 40s and 50s. Very, very long time ago. Yeah, or Uh, like Boris Karloff's... Yep, Boris Karloff was... was, yeah, there Bella was, Lugosi's Dracula. Exactly. I recently watched a Abbott and Costello film, which is the <laughs> oldest film I have ever seen, which was, I think, 47 or something, which wow. is Abbott and Costello meet the Frankenstein, which should have just been meet the Universal Monsters because yep. they're nearly all in it. Okay. Now, for any people out there under the age of 50, they're going, what are they talking about? <laughs> These are monster films that you may have heard your your great 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 pa- grandparents talk about we're talking about the creature from the black lagoon and great Great, great, great. Yeah, great, great. You mean like people a little bit older than me, Leon? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, give or take, sure. <laughs> uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Invisible Man, The Mummy, The Wolfman, Frankenstein and His Lovely Bride, and Dracula, The Lord of Darkness himself. 
each of them with different unique ways of playing. So the way this game works, and I'll get at the comparison straight away. Mm-hmm. If you've ever played Pandemic, you're pretty much in a very good headspace for playing this game. They are very similar in the way they play. Obviously, different themes. The fact that one of them, you're going globe trotting around the world trying to kill diseases. This, you're in a town trying to protect people from these monsters, trying to get them out of the way yep. as quickly as possible. Yep. Or even, I mean, so many cooperative games like... The one that came to my, uh, mind for me was Black Orchestra, yep. where you have a turn, mm-hmm. and then basically the game has a turn, yeah. and that happens on every person's turn. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you could consider it like an Eldritch Horror light as well, mm-hmm. which is no bad thing. Um, and also very similar to Ghost Stories, which is about uh, uh, warriors protecting a yep. town. It's just a tad more difficult than this. <laughs> Just a tad. So the heroes um, th- themselves, what you will do on your turn, you'll be able to do several different actions. Every hero has a different number of actions they can do. Mm-hmm. Some of them have less actions, but they have a stronger ability, so it's balanced pretty well. Yeah. Uh, you can move, which is pretty straightforward. You move your dude around the board. You can guide. There are different uh, villages on the board, all of which are based off different characters from classic films. Mm. As I said, the Abbott and Costello film I watched the other week, the guys in that, I can't remember what they're called, but they are two delivery guys in one's that film. One's called Abbott, the other one's called N- Costello. No, no, no. They use fix, <laughs> They use fake names okay. to go with those fake names right. in the film, and they are one of the villagers that you can help guide Okay, because they will come out at various points because of various events that come out, and you have to try and guide them back to certain places because the monsters could go for them, and if they attack them, they're going to go away. They're going to go to the hospital. Nobody yes. dies. They're going to go to the hospital. Family friendly. But that will increase the horror level, which is a bad thing when I tell you how you could possibly lose this mm. game. Uh, there are special actions. Every character has a special action. Again, always good. There are picking up items. So when you're playing your pandemics and whatnot, you go around eradicating cubes from the board. The kind of the equivalent in this is picking up items. There are items of different colours and you need them for various different quests that you're going to do associated with these monsters. Mm -hmm. There's share, which is where you give your equipment to various different people. And the way this board works, there's only probably about... I haven't counted them, but probably only about 20, if that, spaces on this board. Yes. And some of them... The characters are quite good with their abilities when it comes to movement. So you will find yourself with friends quite often. Spreading out, like in most horror things, is not necessarily the best way to go. (laughs) Being together and sharing stuff can very much come in handy. And then there's advance and defeat. Now, they're two things to do with the certain monsters, depending on who you're facing. So like I said, anyone who's played Pandemic or a game similar to that, or like I said, Eldritch, those actions, very similar. Well, a little bit in this game that reminded me, in fact, of Pandemic Legacy, with without giving any spoilers, mm. is that in Pandemic Legacy, um, later on in the game, you get introduced these, you could call them quests almost, which are like extra actions you can do mm-hmm. that you need to advance things along tracks. Yep. And with what it, the quests that I saw in this game, they were very similar. You've got to advance along a track to a certain point by doing a certain thing um, to get rid of the monsters. Yeah. So once you've done all your actions, then you've got the monster phase, which is where you redraw items from a cool item bag and you place them out on the board to, to replace any ones you may have taken. Mm-hmm. Always things coming out. That's the equivalent of your cubes coming out, except they will benefit you. There's an event that will happen, which is most of the time pretty bad yeah. because, you know, there are horrible things attacking this town. And then there's the monster strike, which is where these various monsters, depending on what's written on the card, may attack you. They may attack you none at all. They may attack you twice in a row, depending on what the card says. Now, these monsters, as I said, Mark, they're all very, very different. In the base game, there is six of them, Mm. and they recommend that you can add whichever ones you want. And yep. that's the that's where the variability of this game comes into it, as well as the players you can pick and the different events coming out in different orders. What order of you choose to take these guys on is up to you. Um, they say for a first game, just play with two monsters. Yep. After that, you can play with three, four, if you're absolutely crazy. crazy. And even though there's six monsters, they have all ranked from uh, low, medium, and high complexity, mm-hmm. which I believe there is two of each, which is exactly what you'd want in the base six of these. So, Dracula 
uh, is the most obvious obvious one, really. The he wa- wants to suck your blood. Well, he does indeed want to do that. So the way you're going to destroy Dracula is by smashing his coffins to try and find ah, his correct right. one. And there are four different coffins around the board, and you're going to be doing that by collecting different items, going to those places, destroying the coffins. Yep. And then once you do that... But he's also got his power of his dark charm, which means he can charm one of your players and kind of turn them against everyone else, which is not ideal. Mm. Then you've got the creature from the Black Lagoon, who there is a, uh, different rivers going through this board of this town and he can pop up around them as well so he's an an evil little one and you will go to his lagoon and you'll take a little dinghy and you'll use items you've found to kind of push that dinghy a bit further along a track to try and defeat the the creature from the black lagoon they're two pretty simple ones then we've got the invisible man and the wolf man these are two that sadly we haven't had a chance to play with yet Garth was going to play them with his family uh, before he went away he probably has played with them now Uh, and they're a medium complexity and a low complexity. Or I have been told the Invisible Man can be quite difficult because, funnily enough... You way, can't see The him. way to defeat the Invisible Man <laughs> is you've got to try and find him. So when we played, Mark, we went because we're such, you know, hardcore we're gamers. gamers, gamers. Yeah, such hardcore gamers. We went with the two high-complexity ones. We did. But just the two of them because, you know, we wanted to save ourselves. So the first one is the mummy. So the way that the mummy works mummy. is for starters, his ability is, again, that he can curse somebody. And when he does that, I believe he cursed you a few times. Oh, yeah. He said, you mark it yeah. out of here. And, well, he thinks that you are the um, the reincarnation of his love, the Anuxarun, remember, oh, to his emote, yes. basically. Emote. And he will try and drag you towards him, which is emote. really annoying when you're trying to win the game and yeah. you're like, in the exact spot you need and he drags you closer to you. But the way you will beat him is that you've actually got a little puzzle that you set up on his little board because each of them have their own little board and you've got a little six-numbered puzzle that gets randomly put out and you've got to put all those six numbers in the correct position but you can only move certain pieces certain ways depending on the items you bring to the museum where this puzzle is uh, orientated. Yeah, it's a little bit like one of the puzzles in something like Mansions of Madness where you've got to... The items give you a certain amount of turns you can take in the puzzle. Yep. But, of course, one of the actions he was doing was basically flipping the puzzle bits back over. Yes. Which means you had to flip them back before you could move them again. Yes. Yeah. So straight away we chucked this straight in front of my wife who's mad for any sort of puzzle. She's the puzzler. Exactly. And she did a she did a bang-up job on that. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Now there, again, this game is near, near 10 on 10 for theme as far as I'm concerned and... The way that these two play out is exactly like that, that Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein are separated at the start of the game. And you've actually got these two meters on both of them, which you are feeding them items, basically, to try and make them friendlier or to teach them. Yeah. Teaching the monsters Humanizing is what it's To humanise them. Yeah. them. And you, if you do that and then they meet, they realise that their love for each other and they go away happy. And that's how you've defeated them. You've yeah. actually done something oh, nice. So nice. However... If you haven't taught them enough and they meet, they both go on an absolute frenzy. (laughs) So although we said Frankenstein and his bride count as just the one creature, there's actually two minis on the board. And each of these creatures comes with a mini. All the other players and the civilians are standees. Again, we've mentioned this before. I'd rather them do one or the other. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of having minis and having standees. Mm. I'd be more than happy with standees. I know some people go, oh, it's a bit cheap, give me minis, but, you know, this game is cheap enough as it is. But if it was $5 cheaper and they were standees instead of minis, would be fine. Although they are colour-coated to the kind of creatures they yeah, are, yeah. which do help the situation. And I guess with a, with a mass a game that's aimed at the mass market, you know, the cost point is very important yeah. because, you know, if you go into a, a Kmart or Target here in Australia... And the only games mostly you will see are your Monopolies and the Scrabbles. I mean, those things are selling for like twenty, thirty dollars. Yeah. The only games in our hobby that that sell for around that range are like party decks games. of card cards, basically. Yeah, or even something like Just One, which I've got to buy a copy of for my family sometimes. I mean, that's like a thirty-eight dollar yeah. game here in Australia. Anyone listening in the US has got their mind blown. Remember, our yes. exchange rate is garbage. Our, our money is very different than the way you guys do it. Uh, so, the way you're going to do it is you're going to try the best to defeat these villains. So, the way that the game ends, it can end in three different ways. Uh, if the heroes triumph, so you've done the way that you need to beat these certain villains. You fulfil those quests, yeah. Or... 
if the terror has risen to the point where you basically evacuate the town with the with the civilians, the 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 bad guys have they've beaten some civilians, maybe they've beaten you down a few times, and if they do that, the terror level rises up, which is in many many different cooperative games. These different rising um, like epidemics in pandemic and things like that. And with that, just for reminders again, with that terror track. Yeah. So if a villager, an innocent villager, gets killed, yep, the terror track will go up. Yep. But if one of the players, yes. Or, Sorry, no one gets killed in this game. No. One of the players gets wounded to the maximum they are allowed to be wounded. Yes, because you can go off to the hospital to recover. Yeah, because these items you're collecting through this whole game to try and do these various different things to these monsters, you can use them as shields if they attack you. Yeah. So you might have the exact number of items you need and then Dracula jumps on you, Mm. you turn over his card, he's attacking you twice. You'll roll a die because who doesn't love rolling dies? Yeah. And as I said, this game's got a bit of everything, got a bit of luck, got a bit of everything and to see if he attacks you or not. And sadly, and sometimes he does. Yeah, so though I think... Are they the only two ways that the, the terror track goes up? Uh, I believe so. Off the top of my head, they're the only times I can think so. Yeah, Maybe okay. there might be something in the event deck, but I, event. Hi, but I highly doubt. Yeah. And the final way is that event deck, if that were to run out, and that is the equivalent of well as that the the bad guys, even though they might not have attacked people, they've raised so much fear yeah. in the town that everyone's just decided to get out and you decide to go with them. They've destroyed the local economy. It's yes. time to move on. Yes, very much. I don't think our Prime Minister is in this game, but... <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it, keep it non-political today. That's right, um, but his opponent is also a bad person, I assume. Anyway, uh, but so so that's the game. That is the, how the game works. Mm. Sounds pretty simple, and it is pretty simple. Yeah. But um, like I said, from a thematic sense, it works exactly the way that's supposed to for a big mass market game. It shouldn't be this good. Yeah. Normally they definitely aren't. And when I first saw this come out, naturally I was like, ooh, I'm, as a boy that grew up into his horror and whatnot, not necessarily these classics. I did grow up more in the 80s and 90s where it was a, a tad more violent. However, um, I do have nostalgia for these as well as a lot of other people do. Well, there, and- e- there is always a good Dracula movie every, or at least the Dracula movie, every 10 or 15 years. It's just the new Netflix series. I was going to say, or a new Netflix series yeah. that dropped the other day. Actually, you know what I really like? Think talking of Frankenstein, uh, yeah. the... Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's got Sean Bean in it. It's set in like Victorian London. Ah, yes. It you know, also where, had where bodies are going missing and things like that. It also that. had Harry Potter in it as well, didn't it? As no. like the Hunchback. Am no. I imagining that? Yes. That's a different show. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, they're, they're very, I very can't remember similar. the name of it, but it's a very Frankenstein-like story, basically. Yes, exactly. So this game is, you know, ultimately extremely expandable and mm. hopefully since the success of it that it will be. But if you go onto your friendly local BGG website, as I'm sure you all do, if you go to the files there, which I always check out for any game that I'm a big fan of, you've got your things like your player age, which you don't need for this game because I'm pretty sure it comes with player age, but you don't really need them anyway because there's not that much you can do. Yep. I think they're actually on the back of the, the character yes, card that you've given. Yep. Uh, people have already started to make their own monsters and since there's not that much to this game you could look at it and go yep I reckon I could print that out right now and quite happily add that to my game and say that's an official type variant so there's lots of different ones of them but for instance these are some that they do have there as well as some other ones that I've thought of. There are things like uh, Van Helsing you could add to the game Mm -hmm. very easily Uh, Abbott and Costello themselves you could add them as heroes as opposed to just civilians some that I know that are on BGG is the most obvious ones are The Blob Phantom of the Opera. Yep. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which I think if they say it were to announce an expansion for this tomorrow, my gut feeling would be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde would be numero uno. Yes. And the blob probably wouldn't be too far behind. Then you've got things like The Fly, you've got The Hunchback, you've got that river running through the board so you could chuck in your sea monsters. There's no aliens in the game. There's plenty of different old school aliens you could add into it. Oh, you know what I just watched the other day? Yeah. The Thing. Yeah. That's what it's called, you know. The original The Thing. No, not the not the John Carpenter one from the eighties. Yeah, the the, or, one. the original one. Because that's a remake. <laughs> the one? No, no. I watched the one the ninety the. Is it two thousand and eleven? So you watched the remake of the remake. 
I think it was the remake of the remake of the remake. Yes, yes. pretty much. Yes. But yes, I do understand what you mean. But then also, you could have another version of this game which probably wouldn't be family friendly because that's another thing we do need to mention while Garth isn't here. Garth has played this with his younger kids, ages of, like, I think they're, like, was it 9 and 12? 9 and 11, I think. Yeah, and 8 and 11. There's nothing gory about this game as well. I mean, you've got monsters and they're attacking you, but these old monsters compared to newer ones like blood and gut type ones, they're not terribly scary. Well, they... I know he said they've had a ball with it and, in fact, you know, the kids couldn't wait to try the next monster and the next monster. They enjoyed it so much. Yeah, exactly. So, but what I would say that if they could get their hands on the other licences, if you could you could modernise this and have it set either in modern day or, say, in the 80s, yep. you could have a whole new board and in that case you could have your Freddy, your Jasons, your Leatherface, oh, yeah. your, your Pinheads, your Chuckies, your Ghostface, your Jigsaws. Wouldn't that be amazing? You could have actual jaws in it if you've got a river running through that city, which would be really weird. Well, you know what I just thought of? Yeah. The version where um, I attach a local superhero franchise and it becomes... Marvelified. Oh, I mean, you could certainly do because you're going to. It's mar- a great system. Though. You could marvelify anything, and yeah, yeah, yeah the the, ga- the the actual basic gameplay of this it is something that they could do. They could just do other versions of this, I suppose. But I really do hope that they kick in and do more expansions of this. It was my, I think it was like five or six on my top ten, and I think it was somewhere in the similarities for the, for, for Garth yep. as well. And for something so simple, I wouldn't expect it to be, but it, it absolutely is. I mean, on the on the cover of the book that I'm holding right now, it says, ages 10 and up, spot on. It says 60 minutes. It's not even 60 minutes when you're playing it with three or four people that have played it before. And But it's more than happy to, to, to play it straight away again as soon as it finishes. And look, I have to admit, you guys were raving about it, so I expected it to be fully rubbish <laughs> because, you know, Garth was playing it with with his kids. Yeah. I don't know who you were playing with. It, but I you played know, it What with do you know about games? My wife and Mr. I yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't, I wasn't expecting much. I must admit, I was like, yeah, another kids game, whatever. Mm. You know, I had a ball with this game. Yeah, really, the, the theme drew me in. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. As you said, it plays nice and quickly. It looks good. It has a great table presence. Um, so it didn't make. It was. Um, I don't know if it's one of my honourable mentions. But I think I only, so. I only played it like a day before we did the list, but I, yeah. I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, but it has to be mentioned that um, Pandemic is still to this day after a decade one of the biggest games in our entire mm-hmm. time. And when it comes to gateway games, it's nearly still number one to a lot of people. Uh, I personally prefer Pandemic The Cure, the dice rolling game, but that's just me, oh. only because I love to chuck some dice sure. and there's lots of dice in that yeah. game. And also Pandemic Cthulhu because, you know, metal and all, <laughs> so why not? Uh, and a few other of the new variants are supposed to be good, but base Pandemic is always all right and Legacy is still, you know, yep. number, number two on BGG. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is that for me personally, I would never play base Pandemic over base Horrified. Yeah, okay. And now, obviously, that's... Only just recently new, so mm. things could change as things go. But this, for me, replaces base pandemic. If someone said to me, yeah. a game, you know, let's have a look at it. And once you put it out there and you've got the monsters and stuff, I think especially younger people, even though this is horror-based, it's more interesting than curing diseases and whatnot, yeah. which in this day and age could be a bit too close to home, oh. let's face it. For, for some people, it's not ideal, whereas this is... It's pure fiction. There's nothing scary about it, and it's it's an absolute cracker. Well, for me, I know Black Orchestra has certainly filled the spot the pandemic used to have. Yeah. And maybe that has a tiny little bit more complexity to I it. wouldn't be playing that with, like, say, my non-gaming fl- family, but horrified I'd crack out in, yeah, a, in a sense. Yeah, look, absolutely. Oh, I think it's a fantastic game. Yep. Um, thank you so much for telling us all about it, Leon. Now, Not what we'll do worry. now... We'll take a little break and then we'll come back with all the dee, 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 board gaming news. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Ben Cometh. Hello, hello, Ignacy Cevicek, Portal Games, and you're listening to the Dice Man Comet. Uh, have a great time. Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Man Cometh. That was Pearl Jam with Dissident, an absolute belting song. And we, as always, are brought to you by our good friends at LFG. Check them out at lfg-oz.com for all the information you need to see. If you want to play games, see games, buy games, anything, they will help you out. And... Oh, I was going to say, Leon, I did see on their Facebook page, LFG yeah. Australia, mm-hmm. um, that they've got more uh, sort of school holiday events coming up in the store. 
Yeah, and they actually got a lot of restock of games and stuff today mm. as well. I saw that actually on Facebook and went, oh, I wouldn't mind buying one or two of those. And then went, oh, they're in Canberra. Oh, but you never know because, you know, CanCom's coming up, so a lot of people are going to be going there soon. Or Just like you can buy online exactly. at lfg-oz.com.au. Yes, but you, you threw off my little link, man. Sorry, I, I know. The fact that you and Garth, and sadly not me, because my work <laughs> changed the bloody roster at the end of last oh. year, you guys will be going and enjoying the fun of CanCon that we've tried to get to for yep. the last three years and life's just got in the way, but you two are finally making the pilgrimage there to, to enjoy yourselves. Oh, look, I'm so excited. I'm not excited about the smoke. Um, and I did do note that CanCon and the Board Game Library at CanCon have been posting a few... Warnings is maybe a bit harsh, but certainly alerts about, you know, people who have respiratory issues maybe yep. to just keep an eye on the information because although the fires weren't, haven't been that close to Canberra as far as I understand, the smoke has just been there the whole time. It is in I one mean, of those little gullies where things congregate. The smoke has reached New Zealand if the news today has... Chile. Yeah, and Chile as well, which to show you the extent yeah. of it. However, we do need to say that anyone going to CanCon, it is... The area that's in it, obviously, at the moment, is completely safe. Yes. And the actual hall itself, they have uh, organised some some massive fans yeah, and, like, and air, air scrubbers, air scrubber yeah. type things. So you've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. If you want to take your mind off some of the things that have gone on of late yeah. and just enjoy yourself, CanCon is a good place as any. And LFG will, I'm sure, have a presence there as always. Oh, look, I'm so excited to finally get to CanCon, mm. you know, more than a thousand people there playing games. Yeah. A lot of our friends from Melbourne, from Sydney, from Canberra, from Albury, yep. again, all congregating there, so I cannot wait. Yeah, this is a great introduction to anybody if you want to bring people along to get them into the hobby. Things like PAX is great because obviously you've got 10,000 other people there and you've got your video games and stuff mm. as well, but CanCon is all about your board games and your RPGs and whatnot, and it's just... It's just a great place to be, I believe. It I is. don't know. I've never bloody been there. <laughs> now, Leon. Yeah. I have some news. You certainly do, Mark. We haven't done this in a while. No. Now, my first bit of news, speaking of, did I just mention before Albury? You may have done. Well, there's a certain gaming convention that happens in Albury every year. Oh, we, I think we've mentioned it once or 79,000 times. Yeah, that's right. uh, obviously called BorderCon. That's the one. Um, now, the priority tickets uh, have gone on sale. We've already bought our priority tickets for BorderCon. Indeed you do. There will be a release of public tickets coming up in February. Yep. But I just want to tease yep. that we will once again... Mm-hmm have a pair of BorderCon tickets to give away in a competition, which we we'll talk about more yes. closer to the date. But just like last year, BorderCon tickets sell out. Yes. People are disappointed. Yes. So if you can't get in there, I mean, obviously try. Yep. But if you can't get in there, you can hold out hope yes. that you might be able to win a pair of BorderCon tickets in our competition. And also that competition, depending on how things go, we've got a few things up our sleeve at the Dice Man here at the moment, so we're being a bit secretive. Mm. Uh, it may just end up being the biggest competition we've ever run, and it's going to be something very exciting, depending on if we do it the way we're thinking we're going to do it, but it's something very interesting just to, to whet your whistle there. There you go. Um, now, also, Leon, um, you and I were looking at some board game geek stats the other day. Yeah, just just because we're those, that kind of cool That's guys. That's right. Yeah. And um, one of the biggest things that jumped out to me, there was a um, they'd done a bit of research, but this was mainly about the changes from December uh, 2019 and then leading into January mm-hmm. um, about the top 50 and what things had changed, which was almost nothing. Mm. But the exciting news for us mm-hmm. who love the game Nemesis, it is is gone from number 51 to number 50, the, the biggest movement of any of the top 50 games. Now, not to toot my own horn, but, um, <laughs> but toot toot indeed, but I just have a knack for picking these, don't I? Because it was my game of the year. and wasn't my game of the year last year one that got nominated for the Spiel as well. This just keeps happening to me. It's you're it's you're almost, pretty good. It's almost like I'm a good judge of the mainstream character. Except, except Len, who, who was talking about Nemesis for like... 12 yeah, months before you even yeah. knew about That's it, just that I made the mistake yeah. of taking the one yeah. lot of shipping instead of t- split shipping. And not getting the sun drop. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> anyway, so that was big, yes. big news for Awaken Realm. Good for Nemesis. Nemesis. moved into the uh, the top 50. Yes. And Tainted Grail. Oh, yes. 
which I did finally get to the table in January, so I wasn't able to make my uh, top ten, but it, it's let's just say I'm going to talk about it later on down the track, not, mm-hmm. not today, but another time. Let's just say it's early days, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be featuring in my top ten for 2020. I'd reckon so okay? too. Now, one thing that was announced in December, and I we may have mentioned it just off the cuff super briefly, is a little thing called... Frosthaven. Yes, a little thing called Frosthaven. Now, it is the standalone sequel to Gloomhaven by Cephalofair Games and Isaac Childress. Uh, it's going to be kickstarted in March. I think it was actually announced the day something like March 20th or 23rd is when that campaign is going to go live. Uh, it's going to be delivered pretty close to the start of 2021. Now, it's a sequel, but it's also standalone, as I said. It's a whole new campaign with as much content and new stuff as the original Gloomhaven had. Um, you Apparently, you can bring your characters from Gloomhaven across, but then they're going to have a lot more characters in this one. But, yeah, the, the characters are compatible across the game. It's got a whole new set of items, but there's also a mechanic for bringing your items across from Gloomhaven. Wow. But because it's a remote location, these products get imported and they're not there as standard. So resources, that mean, are more valuable and you have to actually build items by crafting rather Ooh. than just walking into your store and saying... Give me your finest suit of armour, sir. Yeah, so they've gone very much down the RPG route. Now, yep. this is going to be... It will probably end up, realistically, the third or fourth biggest board game yep. Kickstarter of all time. It's going to be a monster. That's, you know, no shock. And also, I saw recently that they're moving ahead with the... Um, I can't remember Jaw his name. Jaw of the Lions? I That's what I was going to say. The yep. Jaw of the Lion, which is kind of like the dumbed-down version of... Yeah. Not dumbed-down, but it doesn't have a 100 rounds, I don't think, in it. No. But it is a game of Gloomhaven that you can play much more accessibly, mm-hmm. which is something for me, and I was just saying to Mark earlier, he was saying about getting into Tainer Grail and that. I, and I've mentioned it before on the show, I know of like a broken record that since <laughs> discovering D&D, D&D, campaign board games to me are kind of... I don't want to say the word dead, but they're not even in my crosshairs at the moment. I'm not thinking them out of it all. Whereas this standalone uh, Lions version of Gloomhaven may be. And speaking of the stats we were talking about earlier, the biggest stat that blew my mind about uh, on the BGG list to do with Gloomhaven mm-hmm. is that according to BGG, it is the number one game of all time. Yes. Whether we agree with that or not. Yep. However, it has been the number one for 25 months now, which is... I, I Has know. It been I mean, out that long it doesn't seem. Like I know I'm in wrong company to say this, but doesn't that make you feel old, Mark? <laughs> that that no. seems like six months ago at the max. Yeah. 25 months it's been number one. Pandemic Legacy has been number two for the exact same amount yeah. of time, 25 months. That is crazy. Yeah, no, look, I mean, it's, it's a game, if you love it, you you really, really love it. A couple more quick things about Frosthaven. Um, because the town of Frosthaven gets cut off in winter, you actually get a chance to build up the defences of Frosthaven. So there's the, the, the map has two parts. You've got the world of Frosthaven, and then you've got the town. Oh, that's And you cool. actually get to build up the town. There's a calendar system where it has seasons. Um, the loop mechanic has changed where you don't just pick up coins. Mm. You actually pick up tokens, and the tokens could be a whole bunch of different things. Nice. At some point in the game, you get access to a book, which is a bit like, although I've never got to it, the Book of Town Records in Gloomhaven, and it brings a side, a, a side quest and a whole bunch of lore into the game. Um, there's puzzles in the game. So there's a lot of new things as well as the things that people love about Gloomhaven. What do you reckon... I'll throw this out on air for just for a laugh. What do you reckon you and Garth, since the copy of Gloomhaven you guys have is yours, mm. what do you reckon one day we just get together, have a beer or two and just... And just open all the things and just have a look. <laughs> no, I mean, you're never no, going to no. play it. You know you're never no, going to play are. it. we are. No, we are. No, no. and I are definitely working no, towards this. No, you'll play Frosthaven because that sounds a lot better. You'll never play Gloomhaven. No, look, here's the thing. Because we are so disciplined, we will not buy Frosthaven uh, because we haven't played more of Gloomhaven. Silly boys. Anyway, um, look, a couple more things I want to tease with the news. We've still got a bit of time. Um you might be interested in this, Leon. I bet I would. Coming also to Kickstarter soon, there's a joint project between the Spin Master Games... Oh, yes. ...and, come on... Yep. Now, there's not a lot of details apart from the name, Marvel United. Ah. Um, but you know what it is? It is a Marvel game, I'm guessing, coming from two good companies. Yep. It's a reskin, apparently, of 
the Arcadia Quest system. Oh, I've not with your played. your cute chibi minis, but uh, Mar- Marvel style. Uh, I have always wanted to play Arcadia Quest. I've been told by many people that it is quite good. Well, there you go. Well, there this you go. This is going to be your chance. I think this one is coming quite quickly. Great. Now, Leon, you are also a big fan of the game Spyfall. I am indeed, although I have, I've got them all except the most recent one, which was Spyfall in Time, because... I just simply don't know how that would work okay. because the way Spyfall we play it and we get so much enjoyment out of it is that we get into the characteristics yes, of yes. stuff. But if everyone's doing a pirate impression, you're probably going to figure yeah, out that yeah, you're a pirate it. from 200 years ago. Yeah. But that being said, I could be completely wrong and probably should buy it anyway. Well, something else for you to buy coming up soon is SpyCon. Yeah. SpyCon is a team versus team version of Spyfall where each team will assign one player to be a spy and you've got to guess a hidden character. Now, you get a handy reference sheet of all the possible characters, famous figures such as Joan of Arc, Isaac Newton, Cleopatra, and each team also has a keyword card known to their team but not to the opposing team. Now, the spy must make vague statements to point the rest of their team towards the character card. By using the keyword card, the spy can be more elusive and keep the competitors in the dark. Hmm. Now, any player can guess who the hidden character is and earn some precious VP for some reason there's VP. <laughs> um, I guess it's because team and you play it over a number of rounds. So the spy's got to create careful clues that fill in their own team but confuse the other team. Uh, the team progresses along a line of red carpet cards during the game. Each team has an identical deck of single-use action cards to help them. It comes with 28 non-fiction character cards, mm. 28 fiction character cards, um, and it's going to be released at Gen Con 2020. Well, that does sound definitely interesting, although you did once say something in there. I think it was saying, like, key card, which made me, for some reason, think of Decrypto, which should have sent a chill down my spine because <laughs> yes. it ain't, I ain't a fan <laughs> of that game at all, and, but... Hopefully it's not like that and it's more like the other Spyfalls, even though it sounds completely different. Same quality is what I'm trying to Yeah, get. okay. Yeah. Um, now, Asmodee USA got a few new releases. One of them, clearly they must have been listening into the episode of Dice Hard, the podcast yep. that I was on, where we featured Top Gun. Yep. And I came up with a... Uh, a concept for a Top Gun game. Well, this is Top Gun, the strategy game, produced by huh? Prospero Hall. Ah, it's there coming you go. out in quarter one this year, where you can be on its team versus team, Team Maverick and Goose versus mm. Team Iceman and Slider. Wow. Slider, you sting. And surely is a volleyball game. Surely. Well, they dogfight their way to the Top Gun trophy, but there is also a volleyball phase. Oh my god, that sounds insane. <laughs> um, um, also in the news, Asmodee USA are going to release a little card game called Bandido. Now, Garth and I actually played this at LFGS and Unplugged. Our great friend AOS had it in his gaming quiver. Yep. I just talked about five episodes of the show there, all in one uh, piece. It's <laughs> a great little game where you basically you are in a jail digging your way out tunnel style. It's almost like reverse saboteur. Okay. Where you're, where one person is trying to stop you from digging tunnels and then the others are trying to tunnel out. Sounds lovely. Um, or is it the other way around? No, no, you're, one person is the prisoner and all the rest are trying to stop, stop the tunnels. Um, look, it's quick play. It was a lot of fun. It reminded me a lot. I actually thought it was an oink game where I saw it. Okay. Because it reminded me of that quick little game, but it was a lot of fun. That's Bandido. Lovely. Now, speaking of Asmo Day, now this mm. might be on your sheet, but I think this might have just been up today if my memory sees. Did you see the thing about Fantasy Flight Digital? That I believe yeah, was that, in the news today. That, that the sadly, people are losing their jobs. There are people losing their jobs yeah. and they're closing down different departments, which absolutely sucks. Anybody that loses their job in any to do with any state of field is not ideal, and that sucks. But uh, maybe they just, I don't know, maybe they just decided to focus on a different area. But any time a multi-billion dollar company closes down something, it's not fun. Well, because Asmodee has their online games, so yeah. like they have the... Um, Lord of the Rings LCG. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I mean, Asmodee has a lot of um, um, computer-based versions of yeah. um, board games. I wonder whether they're just taking that work to other part of the country. Well, either way, as we said, we just, we've just thrown this yeah. out today because I'm pretty sure it was in the news today. We will research this further and actually have you the proper story sometime soon, I'm sure. Well, and I also wonder whether it affects things like Mansions of Madness where they have app involved. App, yeah. yeah, possibly. Um, sad to hear that. Yeah. Um, now, Matago... They produce such amazing games as Inish. We all love Inish. <laughs> um, but also Kemet. Yes. 
They are re, uh, they're releasing Commit Blood and Sand. Yeah. Uh, not Sword and the Sandals, where you immerse yourself in a more realistic ancient Egypt where gods are more powerful masters of the desert and the Nile Delta, and they challenge each other in violent battles that show no mercy. Get ready, Leon, yes. to become an Egyptian god. Open the gates of your city and let the troops sing the song of war to please you and claim your dominance as master of Egypt because... It features new art, yeah. upgraded gameplay, yeah. new approachable rules that go past the version 1.5, yeah. um, free for the const- from the constraints of existing components. Designer Jacques Barriol and Guillaume Montage mm. go even further in fine-tuning the Camden experience. It also features a redesigned map with a twist, yeah. bigger and more detailed minis mm. and other surprises. Now, Comet is... It is one of my, in general, favourite games, I think, of all time. I think it's still, to this day, my favourite dudes on a map game. Yep. More than, more than your Blood Rage, more than your Rising Sun. It's a really great game. Well, it's so tight because everywhere is so yeah. close to everyone else. And I think this came apart because they did recently put out a 1.5 rules, which I haven't had a chance to read through yet, but I think they did that and they just thought, you know what, there's, there's some legs in this, let's just release it again. Yeah. Which is fine by me because, sadly, it's one of those games that I've been... Teasing this idea with Mark and Garth for ages of doing a feature about games that I love that have expansions that I care not a jot about. <laughs> and sadly, Comet is one of those games because it has two expansions. One makes the game a one versus all, okay. which I'm not particularly interested mm. in. And the other one adds... It does add more, which I've always said should be in every expansion. Yeah. But in this, because the game is so tight and there's the competition with buying different uh, upgrades and whatnot, they add a different uh, pyramid that you can go after with different upgrades. So oh. it actually makes the market a lot more open, which makes it less cutthroat, which is not what that game is oh, about. So, again, not interested in it. So I'm hoping that this new Kemet goes well. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it'll look amazing. The old one still looks amazing, yeah. even though it's five or six years old. I'm really excited. When I saw this the other day, I think I actually made an audible sound, and I, was, <laughs> I believe, at work. So no one could hear me over the loud machine, so that was fine. <laughs> Okay, and look, one last company that's got a bit happening, of course, is Cosmos. Now, not only have they announced four new Exit the Game games. Excellent. Keep them pumping out. They're still good. The Enchanted Forest, The Stormy Flight, Theft on the Mississippi, and The Cemetery of the Night with a K. Mm. Um, We all love those games. But also, look, this one has me very intrigued. I did recently listen to... um, who's listened to other podcasts. How dare you? The Spiel. Yes, indeed. Um, Anyone who's listened to this show for a long time knows they were a big inspiration of mine. Um, They're still going on after, I think they're up to like 13 years. It's amazing. It's slightly longer than Uh, us. Not by much, but slightly. But they, every year when they go to Essen, they do uh, a number of panel talks at Essen. Yep. And this year, one of the panel talks was just one person. Mm Mm-hmm. The Good Doctor, oh, Rainer yes. Knizia. Um, if, if you're interested to find out a bit more about him, check out The Spiel, check out their Essen talks. They're all actually really good. Mm. But that one in particular, he did mention he was having his own legacy game coming out soon. Ooh. Um, and they've just announced it. It's called My City. It's a tile lane game with legacy elements. Interesting. Uh, it's described as a competitive legacy game in which you develop a city on your own playing board through the ages. Now, the game consists of 24 episodes. Wow. Beginning with the development of a city in its early pre-industrial stages and progressing through industrialization. Now, during each game, players customise their experience by adding elements to the board, altering cards, and in some cases even destroying them and removing them from play entirely. <laughs> Who ever heard of a legacy game where you destroy cards? Uh, everyone, since, <laughs> since, the, since the first one. <laughs> um, now, players' choices and actions made during one session of gameplay, of course carry over to the next session, creating a personalised gaming experience. But the good doctor, he is so kind and good. For players who do not want to experience My City as a legacy game, there is a double-sided board because we're all about the double-sided board technology here at the Dice Men. certainly are. And it offers an alternate setup where you can just play the same game over and over and over. 
very, just very like your normal board game. Very, very interesting. Well, a lot of legacy games now, I'm very glad, are doing the thing that when you get to the end of it, uh, you just have a board game forever. Like Charterstone famously did that, mm-hmm. even though that came with a recharge pack if you wanted to play the campaign again with somebody else or somebody else to play it. Uh, the new Clank Acquisitions Inc., yep. which people are raving about and is the biggest legacy game around at the moment, that is one of those ones where when you finish it, you can, you've just got a new version of Clank, yes. which Clank is an awesome game, and now it's the customised one that you've made, which is different than one another of your group of friends mm-hmm. has got. So it's good to see that Legacy Games, they are doing that, and especially, as I've already mentioned in this show, people like me that are kind of like, yeah, Legacy, not my thing at the moment, I've got other things to worry about, to bring out modes like that. Yeah. If I were to play that base mode and go, this is really good, it might interest me to play the the legacy version or just go, the base game is good enough for me, I'll just keep playing that. Yeah, well, the, the, I mean, the biggest challenge, as we said way earlier on, with, with the campaign games. My partner, Sarah, and I, we were having our week and a half off over Christmas. We made a list on a little whiteboard of all the campaign games that we've got that we wanted to, to get into. Yeah. And... She was like, oh, well, which one do you want to do first? And I said, oh, I don't want to say. And she's like, why not? I said, because it's Tainted Grail and I have a feeling that once we start playing that, that's all we're going to play. Yeah. And do you know what happened, Leon? I, that's all you played. We played Tainted Grail for about 15 hours over that, that holiday. Had an awesome time with it. We're only up. We've just started Chapter 4. Of, of 15, of did you say? 15. Wow. Um, and had an absolute blast. As I said, I'll, I'm, at some stage I'll, I'll tell you all more about it. Mm. But I am having, uh, you know, an absolute ball. I mean, these these campaign games, they're not for everyone. No. Although, having said that, clearly they are for some because Gloomhaven, as you mentioned, staying number one all Pandemics, that time. Pandemics, number two. It's so. just, you know, I, I mean, more and more I'm, I get into this hobby, the more and more, to me, I... I Look for story over yep. mechanics, theme mm-hmm. over bits and pieces. Yeah, it's nice to have both. It's nice to have some of those old Euro games where the mechanics are absolutely belting, but they don't necessarily bring you back every single week yeah. to play. Well, depending on what kind of game you are, of course. But that being said, there is enough legacy games out there now that there is probably a legacy game for everybody. And as much as we tout things like we mentioned Horrified today, which is an intro game... Mm-hmm. Legacy could be something that could get people that not gamers into the hobby in the sense that they could play, say, a board game, say a Horrified, and go, that was really fun, and then not think about board games again for the next six months. Yep. Imagine if Horrified was a Legacy game and you played it with them the once and maybe you had a thing where you could choose whether it was Legacy or not. Yeah. You could say, okay, we can play this the once or if you're interested, we could play this 12 times. Imagine if you could get a friend that would have had nothing to do with this board game hobby and thought that was fun but that's that. They could then go, I tell you what, I can't wait to play that again, again, again and again. And then they become a gamer just like us. Or you could introduce them to Betrayal Legacy, maybe, because it yeah. has a lot of the same B-movie tropes. Or just get them to play d and I'll happily join them. <laughs> so we are near the end of the show. We and are. Luckily, we didn't have to, uh, to, to, to talk really quickly like normally, <laughs> no. which is always lovely. Maybe it's just Garth here distracting us most of the time. But um, we did want to quickly mention before we go, again, very much thank you to LFG. Check them out at lfg-oz.com. They are our good friends. Dot AU. Dot AU, indeed. They will continue to be our good friends for quite a long time. We love Charles and what he does there. But we wanted to ask people what they would possibly want from our episode 300. Our episode 200 was a double episode spectacular where we went twice as long. And we also, we had lots of different uh, thank you messages from from various uh, fans of the Dice Men, which are all friends of the Dice Men now, and lots of different designers from around the world, which was awesome to have. It's an episode which I look back on quite fondly. Yes. Um, um, so episode 300, what are we going to do? Because, I mean, I can't be bothered thinking about something, so hopefully people out there that are very passionate can think of something as well. That's right. So you can hit us up on Facebook. You yeah. can hit us up at our Twitter at Diceman Cometh or Instagram at Diceman Cometh. You can email us at DicemanCometh at gmail.com. Yep. Um, yeah, or you can... Look us up in the phone book, but we don't have a phone number. Or the fact that at some point this year we are going to be in Canberra and Melbourne and Albury and Sydney. Oh, yes. At the very least, all those places in the next six months. So just come and say hello. All right, but now we're not going to be in the studio because we're gone. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you, mate. I'm John from Queensland. You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. And Leon really is that good looking in real life.
This has been an edit of The Dice Men Cometh from Edge Radio 99.3 FM, Hobart's independent youth station. Find us on Facebook and edgeradio.org.au.